Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 24. Matthew chapter 17. And I'll be reading from verse 24 down to verse number 27. The Bible says, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus said unto them, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take that, or that take, and give unto them for me and thee. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for being a faithful friend. Thank you for being a loving father. And thank you for the grace and mercy that we experience as a result of your goodness. I pray tonight, dear Lord, as you use your word once again, that you would use it to challenge and strengthen hearts, that you would guide us and give us wisdom as we seek your face. Given the words you love me to say, may they be a source of strength and encouragement and challenge we needed, that you take full control, and that there's someone who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night of their salvation, and that every believer would be strengthened and encouraged to go on with you. Have your divine way, take full control, and we'll give you all the honor and glory, for you alone are worthy of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You will be seated. I can say from personal experience that Moving to a different country is an experience that requires adjusting. There's a period of adjustment when you go from what you are accustomed to to living in a place that will be different. You're required to learn a new culture, how things work. And there are various things that might function differently than where you are accustomed. Learning where things are. Learning the streets. Learning where places that you would need to go. How to get there. Learning how people think. Because they're going to think differently from growing up in a different place, learning the laws of the land. He might also even be required to learn a new language. Of course, most of you would know that several years ago, I moved to the United States for the purpose of pursuing my education and then lived there eventually for almost 20 years. And I can tell you that one of the big adjustments in moving to the U.S. happens for many who 
I'm sure can identify, but it happens when you receive your first paycheck. When you receive that first paycheck, and this was my experience, and I can also, like I said, testify that others have testified to this same experience, that you receive this paycheck, and one of the shocks is the portion that is deducted from your paycheck for the purposes of income tax and other deductions, especially if you have a good job and you are single. Many have gotten the shock of their lives when they see how much is left based on how much they expected that they were going to take home. But you understand after living there that there is something called a tax return that you can look forward to. So virtually or essentially, uh, the, the government uh, extracts an amount from your paycheck based on certain specifications that you make that would designate whether you're single or you're married or you're married with children. And they deduct that from your paycheck. And then at a particular time, you file an income tax return. And based on your income tax return, if you've done it right, you're likely to receive a fair portion of what was deducted from your paycheck. But the shock happens when you receive that first paycheck if you're not accustomed like we are here in the Federation of Sinkers and Nevis of paying income tax. I say that because we are here in a series entitled A Ministry to Pattern. And when it comes to ministering on this earth, we are called to minister to people. But in ministering to people, it is important that we live a life that is above reproach. It means then that as believers, we are not exempt from living by the laws of the land. Many ministries and many people involved in ministry have rendered their ministries ineffective and have had to quit ministry because of not living above reproach. Jesus himself, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and who came to this earth, showed by his actions on earth that he wanted his representatives to live beyond reproach when it came to the laws of the land, particularly when they do not conflict with the laws of Almighty God. And so tonight, very briefly, I want to preach a message entitled, by way of a, an instruction, as we continue to pattern our ministry after Jesus, what he did on earth, entitled, Live Above Reproach. Live Above Reproach. My friend, it is so important that we do that because if we don't, we lose our ability to effectively impact people. So notice with me and jot down, first of all, with this topic in mind, that we are participants in our world's system. Participants in our world's system. Wherever you live, uh, where we live, wherever you live, you're going to be governed 
by laws, regulations, rules. And so we are participating in a world, and I'm sure you've heard the phrase, it's not original with me, but we are in this world, but not of it. And because we're in this world, we are governed. You would notice in our text that Jesus was required to pay taxes. That's one of the requirements that I know we don't like. Amen? But many people have been tripped up in ministry when it comes to things that have to do with money. Money. I want to draw your reference to your attention to a verse in Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 1. And it says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And so the context of this verse and the reference here is that an individual is selling some particular commodity, and that commodity requires that you would weigh before you sell. Now, for those of us who are old enough, we could remember, and I can remember, going to the shops, and it's not like today you go to the supermarket and your rice is already bagged and your flour is already packaged with a price and your sugar and whatnot. But you go to the, sh- the store and they are going to weigh it out and they pick up their two-pound weight and their five-pound weight. And so you got to wait for them to weigh it out. Anybody remember that? Young people have no clue what I'm talking about. They're like, what? You all were living in the dark ages. But you went to the shop and they would weigh the commodity. And so the whole idea here is that Clearly, they did it back in Jesus' day. That in order to rob the customer, they would have a weight that would be saying, let's say, for example, two pounds, but it's really one and a half. And the whole idea would be to rob you of what you should be getting. And Jesus is saying, and the word of God is saying, that to do that, to falsify that weight, is an abomination to the Lord. My friend, we may not have weights in our shops, but we have a lot of falsification happening in this day and age, and it's linked to the desire for money. All of the technology that we have is leading and has led to false weights, falsifying documents. My friend, that is fraud. That is an abomination to the Lord. Don't let anybody convince you to do such things. Listen, we got a lot of laws and we have a lot of regulations and people are always looking for loopholes. That loophole you're looking for might be the same hole that you fall into. Jesus is saying that we are living in a world that we are governed by laws and rules. Turn with me to Romans, rather, chapter 13. And I want you to see how seriously God himself 
takes this matter of living in accordance with the laws of the land. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1. Let's look at what the Bible says. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that are ordained, that be, are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be not afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore he must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Listen, I know we're not going to like all the rules. We're not going to like all the charges. Boy, especially those at this place called customs. Yeah, and I, 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 I see a certain person put up their face. Yeah, I understand. But it's not her rules. You're just carrying them out. Really on the spot tonight. We don't like them. But we are governed by them. We are participants in our world system. But here's why this is so important. As much as we don't like all of them, we're not required to like them. We're just required to live in a God-honoring way. But I want you to jot this down and notice, secondly, why does the believer who wants to minister, who wants to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's our responsibility. Why do we need to be so very careful to be honest in our dealings it's because of this. People are watching our every step. People are watching our every step. As we engage in these various entities of society, when those of us who name the name of Christ and say we are Christians, born again, as we approach, you know what they are saying in anticipation? Are they going to obey the law? Are they going to do what the law requires? Look at our text. In verse number 24 of Matthew chapter 17. Verse number 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter. Those are who, who are at the, at the receipt of customs. Those who were the ones who were about to receive the taxes. Doth your master pay tribute? They wanted to know. Listen, you would be amazed the things people observe and take note of, especially when you say you're a Christian. My wife and I and my family, I'm sure my dad could attest to it, and all of us, my siblings, we, we've gone to different islands, restaurants, public places, Thinking, boy, not a soul here knows us. And then you hear someone say, 
Pastor Maynard. You're like, what if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing? You know what they would do? They wouldn't call you, but they'll observe what you did and tell somebody else, boy, I saw pastor and X, Y, Z. Listen, and in this day and age, you're right, it doesn't take much to go viral for all the wrong reasons. My friend, people are watching us. We have a testimony. And so people are watching on every step. And here's what's happening as well. And I kind of stepped on it during that point. But the third point is they process our ways silently. Listen, they observe our actions and they form conclusions about our claims. Sometimes the conclusions they form might be wrong. But what's instructive and should be instructive to us is that we will not always know what these conclusions are. And I've learned from experience that when people observe suspect behavior of us and things that are not in line with what a Christian should be doing, that's when they don't tell you. That's when they keep it to themselves. That's when they tell other people what these, in their mind, so-called Christians do. And I say this because we're talking about being able to minister effectively. And that is why the Christian life, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the Christian life is not just about what's doing what's wrong and right. The difference between those things. It's about doing what's better and best. Some things you don't do because you can, in doing that, give an impression or perception that you don't want to give. Why? Because you have a bigger responsibility, a greater calling. The Apostle Paul understood this principle when he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. In other words, he was saying that there's some things that I have the liberty to do. I can legally do it. I can do it based on the, or even uh, God is not going to say that I've sinned. But all things are not beneficial. All things are not helpful for me in being able to win that brother or win that sister to Christ. And so he says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. They possess all ways silently. And notice finally, it profoundly affects our witness as servants. The whole idea behind doing what's right, the whole idea behind living above reproach is so that we can be effective witnesses in sharing the gospel, in leading people to Christ, in helping others to see the difference that Jesus Christ has made in our lives. Turn with me in closing to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I want you to notice here in 
the qualifications of a pastor, how this matter of a Christian testimony and living above reproach is so important. Now, we've mentioned here specifically, as indicated, referring to the office of a bishop or pastor. But I want you to extend this and understand that all of us are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have a responsibility to reach our family members, our co-workers, our loved ones, our acquaintances. In fact, we are responsible for spreading the gospel around the entire world. And look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 7. Speaking of the qualification of a pastor, or one of, it says, moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. It means those who are not of the faith. Lest he fall into what? Reproach and the snare of the devil. Whatever you do in your life, remember the responsibility we have to reach people, to minister, for our walk, to match our talk. That is why Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, very familiar verse to all of us, says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. This thing of ministry, we have a great responsibility beyond right and wrong. And we can never give the impression that we're going to be perfect because we're not. We all have been plagued by this disease called sin. But as much as lies within us, let's endeavor to let our light shine. And by the way, we have a responsibility to let our light shine whether people are watching or whether they're not. We can't do one thing in the dark and another thing in the light. One thing in private and another thing in public. You know why? Because that in and of itself is dishonoring to God. And God himself, Jesus himself, while on earth, he condemned hypocrisy. Time and time again, he spoke to the Pharisees. Outwardly, you're like whited sepulchers, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. So let's endeavor, by God's grace, to be honest in our dealings. What we do in private, let it be that it will not bring us into reproach and into shame if it's brought into public. And we notice here in our federation, can't seem to stop the leaks. Other things that we think are private and can never be found out, they're leaking like crazy. Look like plumbers are going to be in demand. But whether they are or not, let's endeavor by God's grace that we're going to do what is right so that we can live a life above reproach.